welcome to Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. This is the first episode ever. I'm Megan Cottrell, one of your hosts. And I am Amber Fransman, your other host. And this is going to be, I guess, the ladies' review of Letter Kenny. We're going to do all of season one and then see how y'all like it and go from there. So we're just going to jump into Letter Kenny season one, episode one, called Ain't No Reason to Get Excited. I love it. I like to be organized. I have three sets of notes for this. I love you so much for that. But it's so problematic because I'm sure that they overlap and they don't make any sense. And you would think that it's like an organization that's not really organized. It's a little unfortunate. If it makes sense in your brain, you can get us through it. Yeah. We'll see if it actually makes any sense at all. Well, I guess at the top, we'll say we're using the reference Letterkenny wiki page. And they have a page that runs down all of the episodes for each season, and we are on uh, season one, episode one. So just a little bit of the hard facts. The air date is February 7th, 2016. I believe this is for all of season one, but the writer is Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney, and director is Jacob Tierney, which again, he plays Glenn, all, everybody's favorite. Glenn is amazing. I love Every single thing that he does. Yeah, he is great. Do you listen to any podcasts at all? I actually, I feel kind of bad talking on a podcast. I have never listened oh. to a podcast no, previously. Okay. No, that's actually kind of, that's kind of good because it's, it's like you're bringing your own thing. I thought maybe to... I should, maybe I should listen to a few and figure out how they're supposed to sound. And then I thought, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna wing it and be my own. That You know, maybe this will be a completely unique podcast because I have no idea what I'm doing. I never listened to podcasts before maybe this past two years, and it was like I'd never done it, and then now I've mainlined so (laughs) many, I can't get enough. I almost don't listen to music anymore, which is a little, you you know me, I love music. Yeah. So. I might have to start getting into podcasts. Well, don't, because (laughs) then you're like, oh, music, I remember music, it was wonderful. But I love it. I listen to, like, true crime stuff. I would probably scare myself with those. It's like watching a crime drama at home by yourself. Yeah, I can only watch Criminal Minds so much by myself before I have to put on something funny. I overthink it a lot when because Josh works nights a lot, obviously, and I'm watching that and thinking, gosh, there's definitely somebody outside. Right somebody now. is about to sneak up on me or and is watching me through the window. We have this old house and it makes all the creaky, cracky noises. Obviously, a murderer is in here somewhere. But I said that to say, I listen to My Favorite Murder. That's a really popular podcast. You all should check it out if you if you're into that kind of stuff. And one of the comedians on there, uh, Karen Kilgariff, she's good friends with Jacob Tierney. And is she in any of the episodes of Letterkenny? No, no, she is. She's American, I believe. She's from California, and they just happen to know each other from comedian circles. I she's think. from L.A. Yeah, L.A. Uh, I guess we should get into the episode. I'll just read a quick synopsis of the overall episode. This is why we're here, actually, right? For this episode, Daryl and Katie try to help Wayne because Wayne is both going through a breakup and he is trying to claim his title as toughest guy in Letterkenny again. Toughest guy in Letterkenny. Can you imagine breaking up with Wayne or cheating on Wayne, leaving Wayne at all? Especially for, and we'll get into this a little later, the guy that she ends up with. That's a that's a big step down And you in know my me, mind. I am a fan of like... Put together Very, outfits and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Almost like a metro kind of look. I don't know if that's PC or not. I don't know if you're allowed to say metro. But I, I mean, I just like, I don't know. I, that, that's just not 
my my style he ends up coming in looking very kind of yeah i've douchey. never been big on country boys myself as a you know they're self-described hicks in mm-hmm. this show and that's never been my vibe but i probably would not <laughs> cheat on wayne no and he's so sweet and as we see later on he treats his his girls that he's with so well so i his sweeties crazy. yes his sweeties it's so cute um sorry i'm hey sorry josh What's um, up, again. My bad. <laughs> I'm trying to laugh away from the mic. <laughs> I'm going to lean in every time I laugh. Just to show you. So this cold open we have, well, I guess it all it all starts with him saying a couple of hockey players come up the produce stand the other day. <laughs> the other day. And in this, in this cold open, he's standing there outside, you know, on his farm. And the little dog that's sitting with him, I'm pretty sure that's Jared Kiso's actual dog. Really? Yeah. I love how they don't just use a different puppy each time, so mm-hmm. it's the same size. The dog grows with the show. This is like his house dog, the one that stays in the house with them. And his name is Gus. Gus. And that is... Like I Gus believe, and Brew. Yeah, yeah, I believe where Gus and Brew came from. So, And he makes a lot of cameos in the seasons. So he's just, he's a cute little sweetie. I'm going to have to spread all of my notes for each one out. I get into my head because I've watched it so many times. I was was re-watching it, kind of halfway watching it while doing some stuff around the house today. And mm-hmm. it's like you want to be refreshed on it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to be so refreshed on it. And that's it's my a problem. Hard, it's a hard balance to find. I get into my head about it, which I, is why I have three sets of notes. I thought about making notes this time, and then I was like, no. Megan's going to have notes. You don't need to take notes, too. We totally can. I mean, we can just wing it and see. I, as you can see, have too many. So, Josh, you can cut all this out. No, I don't think I will. This is the best part. It's the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dear Lord, help us. Anyway, it cuts to the hockey players, and they're riding in with Katie. It shows the Hicks, quote-unquote Hicks, which is really just, at this point, Darian Wayne, and it shows them sitting at the produce stand. Before anything ever gets started, I had a question. You can answer this if you think you know anything about it. So they're, they're at this produce stand. But do they grow anything? I have no idea because I also never see them sell anything. That's true. They talk about chores and they talk about the farm and they talk about the produce. And they, I mean, they have like lettuce and random stuff there, yeah. but... And they, but they always are saying every time they talk about chores, I never hear anything about food. And they always they always say it's a great day for hay. They pick up stones in an episode I remember, but and they burn a stump once. That again has nothing to do with produce, but they have this produce stand. It would also be that's quite a bit of a crop variation. Yes, for just way because they don't ever talk about anybody else working on the farm with them either. So if it's just Wayne and Dairy, and sometimes Dan helps. That's still a lot of work for just that amount yeah. of people to grow that amount of food. And dairy actually doesn't work for Wayne. I figured that out. I believe in this episode, I got hyper focused on what does dairy's shirt say? And I stopped it and I zoomed in. So dairy's shirt says Johnson Dairy Farm or something like that. It's some sort of dairy farm. I wondered if he worked at the farm with Wayne or if because I wasn't quite sure about that so then it's just Wayne yeah because you know, Katie's never really there yeah but she's not really helping or no. I mean I, I think we see her help out like a once. tad yeah maybe just a little bit but at the most they could just have a small 
garden, and maybe they, maybe that's what they do. They have a small garden and they sell it. Yeah. Out of maybe that. they have a hay farm, or I don't know. Or that sounded weird as I said it. Are hay farms a thing? Yeah. No. It. They. We have that here, and <laughs> we have that here in our town. That definitely <laughs> in our little hick town is a thing. So maybe they have a hay farm, and then they just have a garden, like you said, and just yeah. do little farmers market. That's their thing. side hustle. Their side hustle. <laughs> And again, I never see anybody there buying produce, so it's probably not a super lucrative side hustle. Yeah. They can't be there more than a few hours a day. The hay so. business must be lucrative then, I to guess. afford all the uh, gus and brews that they drink. I wish I knew more about it. I even have family that, that do that, and I, I know absolutely nothing about it, so that's my failure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the hockey players drive up to the produce stand at the farm, drop Katie off, and they start... A chirp match with the Hicks. That's what it's called. Chirp yeah. match. Mocking Derry's clothes and Wayne for his breakup. Wayne and Derry hit back with ease, prompting the hockey players to strip their shirts and demand a fight. Wayne and Derry are unimpressed. That is something that I like about this scene is just, Wayne just doesn't care. People can say whatever they want to him, and it just usually has such little effect. Like, he just rolls off his back, and he's quick with that comeback, but it's a very, like, dry, level-headed almost matter-of-fact kind of comeback makes me smile. He says something along the lines of, if you'd ever been in a real fight, you wouldn't be too keen to get another. And I thought that was so funny because, you know, they've probably had, like, hockey fights. Yeah, they've probably been in a few little scraps. What do they call them? Yeah. Donnie Brooks. Donnie Brooks. (laughs) Which I learned on a interview i listened to an interview with jared kiso and a donnybrook to be considered a donnybrook apparently it requires more than three people it's I like believe. a group fight it's kind a group of thing. fight and then every other fight can just be considered a scrap <laughs> but it's if it's a donnybrook then it's a doozy you know we actually looked up what that was because we were watching wreck it ralph 2 with dexter and yeah. the little princess girl who drives the car says donnybrook at some point okay. Sarah Silverman's Canadian. And we're like, we've heard that word before. What does it mean? A big group fight. <laughs> we kind of talked about this in our previous episode, which is actually episode two. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and we figured, we found out that Letterkenny was written by Jared Kiso based on his hometown. And I figured out his hometown is called Listowel, Canada. Yes. And I think it's pretty close. I, I think I looked and saw that it was about two hours away from the U.S. border. Okay, not, not, not too far. far. Is it too far from Quebec? It's actually kind of far oh, from okay. Quebec. <laughs> but it's two hours, I think, away from the New York and the Michigan border. So oh, it's kind of like a triangle. But How fast can we get there, yes, Megan? exactly. I Where do we need to leave totally from? totally looking that up. Gosh, it's a drive, though. And Sudbury's even further. It's like on up there. It would be a good day and a half drive, probably. Is that where they film? Yeah. So, bummer for us. Maybe one day. But these hockey players, I can't imagine that they have ever really been in a fight. fight. And I think it's funny. It's like that annoying little dog that will pick at a big dog's tail just because he knows that he won't bite him. Where Wayne has stopped fighting. I feel like they never would have treated him this way. If he was still proving that he was the toughest guy in Letterkenny at this point in the show, which he's not, you know, he's still not fighting at this point. But I can't imagine them going up and trying to provoke him on that level for an actual fight with him. They're only doing this because they know that they're safe pretty much. Like they can say whatever and he's just going to let them be. I think that Katie would intervene also on their behalf. I could see that too. Just because she knows Wayne would kick the (laughs) butt. 
and again, this is the introduction of that thruple that we have going on. And the more that we watch it, you had mentioned before that you like Jonesy and Riley are really the same. They're kind of like one person. One person, yes. And I was holding in on in my heart that that wasn't really the case because you know I love Jonesy so much. But he, as a separate individual, yes, I, I love him in my heart as a separate individual. <laughs> but honestly, they really are one person. Are. The more you watch it. You're like, oh, they could be... It could insane. be one character. Basically, they could probably swap all the lines that they had and it would still completely make sense. I was thinking, we find the hockey players, are su- they're just cuties. They're adorable. Again, that's going to be a rolling thing with us. They're just absolutely adorable. And the problem I have with it, though, is they remind me of the kind of guys that I used to like kind of in college or high school where... I'm thinking, why am I attracted to this? Why was that something I wanted? And immediately I realize it's the innocence. They have like kind of a dumb innocence and they play that. You just kind of want to like take them under a wing and be like, oh, it's okay. You're so cute. They might be innocent and cute and kind of dumb about some things. But the one thing they really want. But they're also like jacked. So yes, they're, they're not innocent about getting with girls but i wonder how much of that is just like trying to be boastful and how much of it is real yes like how much of that is because guys like that can sometimes elaborate yeah i guess would be the right word yeah to try to make it seem like they've done more or been with more that wasn't us (laughs) than they actually have been so i wonder how much of that is true that's the hockey players coming yeah. up the laneway. That is such a small town thing. I The bigger, the louder, the more manly. We're going to have a two-hour episode this episode. Yeah, because we're not even through. The a cold the open. The cold open. We've not even talked about it. Let's be honest. Okay, so and we did the math before on this whole... The ages and Wayne's stuff. Wayne's been with Angie since high school, so that means that Wayne should be about... 23 maybe at the oldest did you delve any deeper into that in your research no but can you answer me this angie we don't see all season right we don't see her all first season we see her i want to say towards the end of season one when he goes on the three dates because she's the last date with the matchmaker is that season one or that might be the first episode of season two now that that i'm thinking about it then yeah you're right we don't see her at all in season one because i wonder if it was a choice of we're gonna leave her an enigma and maybe almost never intended to bring angie in so she could always just kind of be this looming presence always talked about but maybe never there and then later on maybe they found an actress that they thought would be so good that they changed their mind which i feel like she never really has a big role in the entirety of the show they just they talk about her a lot especially season one but i think you're that that makes a lot of sense like to kind of build up that perfection that kind of untouchable on a pedestal goddess that they're making her out to be that's a hard thing to capture in an actual human being so as long as it's just an idea and you get kind of caught up in who would Wayne date and who would settle him down that much. Settle him down enough to stop fighting, to yeah. give up that title. She would have to be something special. But then you also start off not liking her because from the get-go, you know that she cheated on him. And from, I guess, whenever we meet her for the first time, 
onward, they really only bring her in to drag her, which I'm all down for because she's horrible in this series. But I find it really funny. And they do it in a way that's kind-hearted as much as it can be. She definitely deserves it. So they're not being overly mean. They're being just mean enough to the point where you know that you did. It's kind of truthful enough in the truth hurts kind of way. Yeah. Like, we're gonna tell you what we really think. And that's mean enough. Yes. We don't have to go too far, stray too far from the truth, because that will be sufficient. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should get away from the cold open. Oh my open. gosh. The main, the main cold open. The, the only quick thing I do want to mention in this cold open is two lines that I love from this are, Derry says, are you going to play pokerstars.com with those sunglasses, which I find hilarious. I don't know if that's a real website. I should have looked that up. I don't but know. It sounds like it's it's probably it something could, that's real. Could be, could be. And they they have Jonesy takes his shirt off, and he's got a very straight happy trail. Happy trail. <laughs> I guess is the best way. To <laughs> that's what I've it. always heard it called. And or he calls it he calls it a treasure trail. Treasure like, trail. Look at that treasure trail. And my first thought was, well, it is very straight. <laughs> It's like your, your esthetician quaffed that for you. It looks it's, very it's, taken it's care of. It's been groomed. Yes. It's, it's, that's not the way that the hair naturally grows. Yes. There's not much you can say back to that. <laughs> it looks like a Dutch girl. Uh, is yeah. that what he said? A, a 12-year-old Dutch girl, something like that. Oh, man. And then Katie comes out and she says, Riley Jonesy. Put your shirts on put and your go shirts home. On and get out of here because she knows they're about to get. They're butt kicked. If Wayne, if Wayne did ever get if he decided enough, to, yeah, it would go down. That that's my favorite line when he says, "You take off your shirt, but you leave your sunglasses on." What sort of backwards pageantry is that? It's like, so funny. We are so similar because I don't just naturally throw the f word out. I'm being very aware of it while speaking. Yes, right now. And again, I don't usually. Yeah. Just in my day-to-day life yeah. very much anymore anyway. I, I might have thrown it out a lot more frequently and easily when we were in college. In college. Yeah. Not as much now. Well, in the environment we were in. Yeah, it was easier then. It's easier to say it there, but... Again, for those of you playing at home, you'll hear this on episode two probably, but just for heck's sake. <laughs> you know, I... I love you. I feel like such an elementary kid. For heck's sake. With um, the H-E double hockey sticks, Megan. Just to revisit this... Amber and I are sorority sisters. We went to college together. I think we were together for a year. You were going, I think, for a year before graduating. What you I, graduated. I think I, I think I graduated the semester before you started. What but year? I was just around a lot the semester you pledged. Were you an 09 graduate? No, I graduated in 08. Okay, so yeah. you had just graduated. I had just graduated, but I lived in the town very close to our college. Yes. So. I came back for a lot of yes. the, the pledging activities still. Yeah, you were very involved. And I Alumna just assumed... Year that year. I, I, I honestly, at least for that first year, just kind of assumed that you were still in school and then like working in the area. But I, I realized after the fact you lived in that same town. So fun stuff. All right. Getting away from the cold open. <laughs> Gosh, I can't believe Is there that. anything more to this episode than the cold open? Really, it's so iconic. It's, it really is. And go... like I'm. I think I said in our last one, but in the second one, which is kind of a paradox now. I don't know. Josh, I'm so sorry. You have to edit these. <laughs> He's going to be cussing. <laughs> He's like, I'll give you a heck. What was I saying? Oh, 
this is the first episode of this show, the entire, like the pilot, what you're introduced to. Going back and watching it after you've seen more of them, it is really the perfect introduction to so many of the characters. They really do a good job of capturing who they are yeah. already in this first episode. So I listened to another podcast called Glee Wind, and they talk about how that pilot of Glee was the perfect pilot. Like, they teach that apparently in film schools about when you're writing screenplays or things like that for TV. This is perfect because it hits just the right notes, and I feel like this is another really good example because you understand it's really kind of all-encompassing of this is how the town is this is how the people are this is who the people are Mm -hmm. these are their issues like it really does do a good job of breaking them all down into their groups and their personalities and how they are as individuals yeah i think it's the perfect blend of funny you understand the plot and you get invested. At the end of this episode, you're ready to watch the next episode. It's yes. not like, eh, that was okay. It was like, yeah, okay, let's, all right, start yeah. the next episode. Let's see what happens. We have to see what happens. Now, now what for Wayne? He's the toughest guy, so. One more thing I do want to, gosh, we're still in the cold open. I am so sorry, Josh. You might quit. <laughs> He's going to break down and teach me how to edit after this. So you can just edit your own. Because he will quit. He's not going to do it anymore. I hate spitters. Oh, the dip? Oh. And I think that it disappears at some point very soon after this. Maybe you see it one more episode, but I don't think it's a continuous. It might be referenced, but they're not like... Actually spitting it. Yes, that's the grossest thing to me. That is one of the (laughs) least appealing things. I hate that. There's I had this, an ex who used to dip, and it was so gross, and they would be yeah. left all over the house. Yeah. And ooh, ooh. Well, Josh used to do it, too. He, Josh, that's I, gross. I, do better. <laughs> uh, but um, there's this, like, tongue thing, and you can tell. I wonder if they actually do when it. When they, like, wedge it back in between their... Oh, it yes. gets me so much. I wonder if these actors actually dip or have before. I would say it's a big thing in the hockey community i could see that i mean it was a it's a big thing in really a lot of sports especially i think baseball and so i could see this being a hockey kind of thing yeah i could too but god i hate it oh Oh, it's so gross and because of the spitters they have this little whisper conversation jones is like hold my spitter I can't, I can't hold your spitter i can't i can't hold your spitter just put the spitters down yeah just okay just put it down okay (laughs) and that is the cutest and the most perfect interaction for them too because you immediately see like the silliness of and also the the absolute like oh i've got your back but i don't really quite know what to do yeah like oh we're we're not smart enough to figure this out but we're still on each other's side (laughs) i'm gonna be in your corner no matter what but i don't really know what's going on right now how are we gonna do this how can i fight while i'm holding a spitter and when they go to leave, Katie, Katie's basically like, get out of here. She's so mean to them when she dates them. Yeah, she's so mean. But I mean, I guess they, they hang in there for it. <laughs> they say something to Wayne. I forget exactly what it says. And he says, Jinx. He says, you owe me a Coke. And Riley whispers, I'll never buy you a Coke. <laughs> never going to buy you a Coke. And that is the perf. Again, this is just such a perfect introduction to these two. <laughs> That's so funny. And then it cuts back to Wayne. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. And again, that's the cold hey, open. We just finished we, the open. We are only half an hour in, kids. Oh my gosh. We are so in trouble. It cuts to the kitchen. <laughs> the episodes scene. aren't even a half hour long. <laughs> 
You're gonna get yourself tickled and then I'm not I gonna know. be able to. I'm sorry. I'm trying. No, okay. I'm trying to get it together. <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh into the microphone. <laughs> so from there, again, cold open. Now we're cutting to the kitchen scene. Barry and Katie are talking to Wayne about feeling down about Angie. And Katie says you need to try to get on Tinder. And Derry is trying to get Wayne to go to the Burning Bush Youth Group, a Christian fellowship his girlfriend Margaret is involved with. And as I said before at some point, I was raised in a very conservative household. And this Bible study that they go to, not exactly like it, but there were parts that definitely triggered something from my past. Oh, Lord, it was very truthful to watch. If you anybody else who's listening has been raised in a conservative, fundamental, independent Baptist-type household, or that was almost kind of an Amishy setting, but... Yeah. Oh, my Lord! <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. I was, just, I was just looking at my notes. One of my <laughs> plethora of notes. In this scene, my first thought was, does Katie not like dairy at all? Because... She seems kind of mean to him. At the begin, like because she tells him to go home yeah. when she gets there, and then he comes over for breakfast, and she tells him to go home again. And like, why didn't you just eat your yogurt at your house? Yeah, yeah she's a little mean to him at first. I was confused about again the ages. I am very analytical. I need to know ages and timelines. Katie's the younger sister. She is the younger sister. I kind of thought maybe her and Derry were the same age, but since the last time we podcasted together, I watched Little Kenny. Did you ever watch Little Kitty? So, Nate watched it, and I caught tidbits of it. Not enough to be able to pull something, but yes, I know what you're talking about. The little cartoon. Yes. And they're they're cute. They're little two-minute videos. I suggest you watch them. They're really funny. But if you consider those canon, the timeline does not make any sense. Oh, no. Which bother you know, yeah, yeah. It, it bothers me because... You wanted it to solidify something, and it only made it worse. And and now I'm just more confused than ever, because later in this episode, Dan tells a story that kind of indicates to me that him and Wayne are the same age, but maybe Derry was a little younger. Maybe like a grade or two younger, and then Katie's a little bit younger. And that's kind of always in my mind what I thought, but you watch Little Kenny, and it implies that Dan is the younger one of the three guys really see and i always kind of thought of dan as the old i don't know if it's where he has the big beard or if it's just his real deep voice but i always think of him as more than a more of a grown-up i guess just like a little older not a lot older but only like a couple of years older than the other two and then katie i always saw as the youngest even of all of them maybe potentially the same age as dairy but just because of context that I, I don't know if I necessarily caught on to or if I just imagined that in my mind. You were searching for something. Yes, I was making that up in my head. <laughs> Katie says that Wayne needs sex with a girl. And Derry says, not just any girl, a good Christian. A good Christian girl. Which, my question to Derry is, if she's a good Christian girl, is she going to be giving up sex? And my answer to that would be no, based on my youth group experience. There was no sex being had by anybody. Follow-up question, is Margaret giving Derry some? Because she's a little finger sucker, I don't know. <laughs> we do. But maybe that's enough to just get him in, because that's what Derry says. He says that's how they get you. Yeah, that's how they get you. Um, but, so is that is that enough to keep him hooked? With the hope for something more? Or is there something more? I have no idea. And Margaret disappears after this 
episode. I don't know that she's even ever brought up again. I'm kind of good with that. I am too. She wasn't my favorite little side character. But Derry calls her as sweetie. So they were, in a, theory, official of... A couple of, enough. But I guess... all Those those conservative Christian girls, though, you have a conversation with the guy and you go out for milkshakes afterwards, you might as well be engaged. So it could be that they thought they were in a, a more serious relationship than an actual serious relationship would have been just because little things mean a lot. Mm, that's true. <laughs> to the conservatives. That's true. Katie tells Derry that there are starving kids in Africa and Derry says name 10. <laughs> name 10. I love that too because it just, she's right, but he's also right. <laughs> like, yes, there are, but it's just a, such a call her out moment. Like if you care so much, name, like, name any of them. It just, it, it makes me chuckle. From this point, Wayne's kind of, I think, sick of their bickering, and he goes outside. Katie follows him and introduces Wayne to Tinder, and she says, you know, you can you can meet up with girls if you, if you find one on here. You like their picture, and you can say something like, how, from one to America, how free are you right now? <laughs> Great line. I would definitely hit that back. <laughs> he said, so, you just hit him up, or what's the scoop? <laughs> and I love that little line from him, because that... Is quintessential Wayne in my mind already. Because even when he doesn't understand how something really works, he kind of, he, he still seems to approach it in a confident kind of way. He's not intimidated about it. And then the hockey players drive up again while they're having that conversation. And I love it because Wayne came outside and he started smoking a cigarette. Yes. And they pull up and they both have the big wads of chewing tobacco in their mouth and they get onto him, start lecturing him about the dangers of smoking yes. while they're there with tobacco in their mouths. It's an exceedingly disgusting, comical amount of dip in their mouth. It is gross. And they're doing that tongue thing where they're tucking it back in and talking around it. And it just is pooching uh, out and you can see it. It is. It's so gross. That's one of the grossest things. Question about this scene also. Wayne's smoking. Katie also starts smoking. But... She's totally got weed. That's what I was... Okay. So her cigarette... That's a, cigarette that's a joint. That's brown, a straight up joint. And I was thinking, okay, she is either rolling her own cigarettes... The way she holds it, too. You yeah. hold a joint differently than you hold a cigarette. You hold a cigarette between your index and middle finger. You hold a joint between your thumb and index finger. You heard it here a lot. <laughs> just heads up, kids. That's how you do it. Follow Amber for more tips. <laughs> my husband would have lots. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's going to be, that's going to be a side quest that we're going to invite Nate here for. He would love that. I think he was a little jealous and impressed with your setup when oh, I got really? home and I was like, look, I showed him the <laughs> pictures. Like, they have actual mics. It's, it's all, it's because I'm almost a dating musician. I'm a dating musician. We're pretty serious. <laughs> it's been six years. Share a bank account and everything. We're pretty serious. Uh, We've only been married for like half a decade. <laughs> The other reason I was wondering if it was weed was because she straight just, like, she has quite a bit I, left. I was going to say. And throws that bad boy in the Jeep. And that, I'm just thinking, what a waste. That is. Yeah. Because, I mean, even that much of a cigarette is wasteful to me because there's a couple times when Wade will, like, light a cigarette, take a puff, and then throw it. And that drives me crazy. You were like, As a, you got money like that, Wade? Right. <laughs> but to do it with something that's much more expensive than a cigarette. But I wonder, do you remember... When we were in college, I don't think I bought a drink for myself until I was graduated. Probably. I mean, when you're young and pretty, people just buy you stuff, not big stuff, and but you little stuff. You never know until you're. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't ever pay for alcohol for years and I drank it. 
but I never paid for it. So maybe, yeah. I mean, that's something that, you know, could be gifted to her by an admirer. She has a lot of them. I recently went out with both my sister-in-laws, and I say recently, it's not very recently, yeah. <laughs> but I was on the corner, and I swear that corner seat is a magic realm of free drinks or something, because I have never in my life gotten so many people offer me a drink. And I'm like, I'm married. I had my wedding ring on. But for everybody, since this is Radio Land, Megan is one of the most beautiful girls you'll sure. ever see. So she's over here acting surprised that she's getting free drinks. Listen, but I have a face for radio. <laughs> if you saw her in a bar, you would be buying her a drink. No, but listen, <laughs> I went to college. I had my wild days. I wore less clothes often. And. <laughs> I just had on, you know, my jeans. I had a cardigan on and a black shirt and jeans. And I swear, I think it was just people are feeling social. You know, they were feeling social and they're like, oh, hey. On a corner, you are kind of exposed. So you can be visible from both angles of the bar, from the rest of the the seating area. So it's... That's my hot tip is sit on the corner seat of the bar. and Corner seat, get drinks. I swear it does, because I know college hit on buying drinks, and that was not this. This was some magical land of free drinks that had never... I don't know if I bought... What bar? Where were you at? I'm... There is a bar called... It's a karaoke bar. Uh? It's been a while ago, but if you are into that, people singing bad and drinking uh, drinks... I probably had enough of that. Whenever we can go back out again... But oh, quarantine. You, I don't know of another getting off on a tangent. Sorry. Did we have? We never had a karaoke bar anywhere around, really. No, because I don't think that the ever did karaoke. We would karaoke Greek week sometimes, but we couldn't drink then, yeah. so it wasn't like a bar. But we had karaoke every Friday night, so I have oh, yeah. I have years worth of karaoke you have to karaoke on the. On the brain, I'm sure. Yes, I know. All, well, I know the early 2010s top karaoke songs. Boy band karaoke. Yeah. There was a lot of Carrie Underwood. You're so cute. <laughs> I feel elderly. I'm putting on my glasses for those of you playing at home. It did get dark, in fairness. Yes. The sun went down. I'm like, mm, I can here. hold this a little bit farther away from my face. So when that it's was, too close, it's blurry. So that was the second scene of the episode. Oh my god. I told Nate this was going to be quicker. (laughs) Nate, you knew better. I'm such a liar. You knew better and you know better. I don't think he believed me. In all fairness. In fairness to him, he (laughs) he knew I was lying right to his face. So we move on to the fishhook story. Do you remember the fishhook story? All right. I remember them talking about the fishhook story. Remind me of the actual story. Okay. Well, let's see if I can... I'll try to read it verbatim. They tell the fishhook story. It's funny because Derry's like, tell the story. He's like a little kid. Tell, guys, can you tell the story again? And Wayne's like, all right, you've heard it a dozen times. You don't need to hear it. And and Dan obliges and he tells the story. Which there. is very reminiscent of people that I know, like people that I know from college, from small towns, some event that happens. And then that story is told over and over and over again in your life. Every time you guys hang out, anytime you get drunk together, it's just like a staple now in your conversation for the rest of your life. Yes. Like, remember the time? And yeah. that's that's the big thing every time you get together, especially those core group that mm-hmm. were involved. But When you're starting to feel nostalgic and... We learn a lot of stuff about Dan in this story. Well, some stuff that's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> because he's talking about when they're running away. I forget what they did. 
but they're running away from the federales, as he calls them. And Wayne has on some cut-off shorts, and he's not too pleased about the situation. And one of the people chasing them says some real John Wayne, Herda. which I do not remember. I-, I wish I'd wrote that down, but I don't remember. And Dan says he was so impressed he gasped. And they turned on him, shot him right in his nipple ring the with nipple the taser. Ring. That was the part that surprised me. He latched onto my nipple ring. It's like, oh, Daniel, what do you have hiding under those overalls? <laughs> I know, right? Very progressive of Dan. Right. And he said, and that must have magnified the electricity because it just went straight through my body. <laughs> he said, and he wrenched that thing off like a fish hook. <laughs> I cried. I'm not even ashamed to admit that. I'm not even ashamed to admit that. Nate lost a nipple ring very quickly once. Ooh. We were uh, oh. we were doing the gardening at the beginning of the season and getting yeah. everything planted. And we had put a little fence around it to keep like the bunnies out and stuff. He bent over to put a plant on the other side and stood up one less nipple oh. ring. It oh. was a very quick... And he cried. Oh, God bless him. <laughs> no shame. That it just was... sounds so painful. Oh, I know. I was like, do I need to take you to the hospital? And he said... Because I would need to go to the hospital. Well, he was like, what are they going to do? There's nothing there to stitch back together. He has the tiniest little nipples. Oh. It's, it's like they couldn't even stitch it if they tried. No. Well, this is the first time we meet Dan and... Oh, I was going to say, because he's not at the produce stand the, first the time. very first... Uh, shot which makes me wonder if he was a later add to the cast or if they just wanted to use the core people that were in the letter kenny probs uh, youtube channel that started it all. because it was yeah that is, it was those four mm. so that might be the the case and sometimes you when you add a character and you don't really realize how popular they'll be like he might have originally started out as supposed to be a supporting role and then People enjoyed his character so much, they're like, oh, let's make him a regular at the produce stand. And I've listened to K. Trevor Wilson stand-up, and he is hilarious. I highly recommend that if you're into stand-up, go check him out. He has such a soothing voice, too. He does. I could, like, listen to him read books on tape or something. He's very jolly and just adorable. So from that conversation, they all decide that they're going to head to Modine's. Right before they go, Derry finds a four-leaf clover. And he says, look, four-leaf clover, make a wish. <laughs> and wait, this is what, that's one of my favorite lines of the show. <laughs> because earlier, when they're at the Bible study, and the salty treats are playing, and oh, he's- Oh, not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, okay. I'm jumping ahead. No. All right, never mind. Well- I take it back. You can go ahead, say, say well, your line that you love. And Wayne says, I wish you weren't so fertile. awkward, bud. <laughs> and he is so fertile. awkward. <laughs> But he's so precious. Because he goes, whew, and he just blows it. He's so proud of himself. Four-leaf clover, that's that's something to be proud of, Derry. Katie, and before they leave for Modine's, Katie says, I believe she says, get balls deep in a bottle of Gus and Brew, which that's the introduction of Gus and Brew from Jared's dog. Jared's dog. And then we finally get to the next scene. We're, we're moving uh, right along. We're going. We're making progress now. We're on a roll. So they head over to Modine's for Thirsty Thursday. To Yeah, and here's the quote. Get balls deep in a bottle of Gus and Brew. Gail declines to do a shot with him because she's on a health kick. Yeah. Uh, taking a variety of supplements. And only 20 to 25 smokes a day. Which they're like, oh, congratulations, cutting yeah. back. Oh, Jesus, how much were you smoking? <laughs> I need to do the math on that. What... What time do you wake up and how many 
per hour. That's a lot. I mean, even when I smoked, I wasn't a super heavy smoker, mm-hmm. but cutting back to that amount just makes my throat hurt thinking about it. I couldn't I imagine. I can't imagine, no. I feel like you'd have to constantly have one going. You would just always have to be smoking. But she drinks with them anyway. She, I, They talk her into that pretty easily. They had to twist her arm pretty hard. <laughs> Wayne gets up to use the washroom and runs into McMurray. When we were talking about favorite and least favorite, again, you all will hear this in episode two. So sorry about the mix up but he's he's not my least favorite but he in later seasons does some of my least favorite stuff he can be hard to watch for me because he can just be he can make me feel very uncomfortable very very vulgar yes and okay amber and i are not very vulgar people that's not the kind of humor we really love so why are we watching this TV show? Well, and at first, really, I didn't think I was going to like it too much, but it kind of sucks you in. Yeah. And again... Again, the, excellent the, pilot. The characters become very relatable, and you kind of root for them, and you want to know what happens to them, mm-hmm. and you care about them, and not all of them. Like, they could take Mrs. McMurray away, and I would be <laughs> all right, because she's even worse than Mr., but McMurray is... He's he, not my least favorite, yeah. but he's definitely not in my favorite. He doesn't come in hot like Mrs. McMurray. Yeah, they kind of ease him in and he yeah. could be like a like a normal person. Yeah, he could be if normal. He, if he didn't get so outlandish later on, but Yes, later on when they're describing the way he gets when he's drunk, it makes me so secondhand awkward. It Any it of the time that they're hurts. telling their sex stories, yes. I just I just am ready for the scene to be over. Like which again, props to them. They're doing a good job. They're yeah. supposed to be making you feel uncomfortable yeah. and they're succeeding. But uh, excellent actor and actress because they're doing their job. Oh, yes. And I I asked Nate about this being a female and never really using a a male bathroom. They go in and they're three urinals. I couldn't even think of what they were called. You know, in a girl's restroom, everything's private. You know, you're in your own individual stall. And so I said, do you guys talk to each other when they're peeing? Like, do they look at each <laughs> other's penises? Like, what, like, is, yeah, what is the, like, bathroom etiquette yeah. for guys? He said, yeah, if there's space to have a, a space in between you, yeah. you take that space in between you. There's no eye contact. There's no looking. You look yeah. straight ahead. And As soon as McMurray comes in, Wayne's immediately slightly looking up to the right yeah he kind of a little bit looks away yeah he just i'm doing my business you do your business and mcmurray's a little bit more comfortable in it he, he's having a full-on conversation with wayne he and this is saying it brings up angie and talks about saw angie and her new her guy, new boyfriend and... Uh, and then goes into describe and i think i've written down a few things about what he says about her boyfriend but goes on to describe that and then Alexander comes to the party and I can't with Alexander. No. The full the full trouser drop bothers me. Well, and again, I because I'm not very familiar with how people actually how how guys actually go to the restroom like that and he said no. You don't ever just drop full yeah. trowel like that. Yeah. Like just it's not done and if somebody does it, you're Getting out of there like you just don't even want to be around it, which is pretty much what happened here. Wayne, he says something along the lines of, I saw your own work there, big shoes. Yeah. <laughs> super cheap. Oh, super cheap, yeah. <laughs> well, because Mc- even even before he gets in there and McMurray is talking to him, like you said, he seems much more comfortable with mm-hmm. having a full conversation while they're doing their business. 
But then he says he says something about Justin Bieber, and I forget the actual context of what is he going does on the there. The Bieber eyes. The Bieber eyes. And he's doing a duck face with a with like a pouty eyes. Th- that physical d- humor really got me. I enjoyed that. And that was funny, but Wayne is just, he won't look at him. He's like, Wayne, look at me. Wayne, look at me. And he's it's inappropriate. And that <laughs> was so funny to me because he's he can be so proper, even in the restroom. Like, what's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Yes. He's very straight-laced about that yes. kind of stuff. But then there's this whole other side of him that is, like, silly and funny. And he, he knows when to let loose about things. But that, that was over the line it, for him. It, it does, again, just kind of set the tone for what type of person Wayne is versus what type of person McMurray can become. Yes. <laughs> that whole chunk that we just went over is a scene. So when, as they get to Modine's and then into the bathroom, they've got that set aside as a scene. So there's a dub over when they're on the way to Modine's that I think was an afterthought of some sort. And it's about Angie. Katie and Derry say something like, is Angie working? Better stick your head in there, Wayne, and see. And so that's when we find out, I guess, Angie works at Modine's. Angie works there, yeah. But again, like you said, we don't ever see her. Yeah, we don't see her at least this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Even though I find that very strange because we do see her boyfriend. You see her boyfriend. Who I'm assuming is not from Letterkenny, so why is he hanging around and why is he hanging around without, without Angie? Angie? Which he does make reference at some point about her coming later. Okay. Like, I guess maybe yeah. her shift hasn't started yet. But again, yeah, why is he going to go and hang out at the locals bar without his girlfriend being there? Not being from town himself, not having any friends there. Obviously, people there don't like him. Yeah. So. They know uh, what's up. But then again, I guess they're probably back and forth between... Well, it's not necessarily his fault. Angie cheated on Wayne, and they want to get the scoop because that's hot gossip. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a small town, so that's just... Gossip is their form of entertainment, so whatever anybody else's drama is, everybody wants to be a part of it yeah. somehow. They, they want to know have, what's going on. They want to be able to talk about it. Like they want to observe what's happening. Yes, exactly. This is also the introduction of Gail, which I believe I did say in... Later on, and you all will hear this. Gail is my least favorite just because she causes me. I wrote, my secondhand awkwardness ensues every time Gail gets she, on screen. She can be very hard to watch. Not just the things that she says, but the way that she moves her body yes. when she's speaking. Which I think she starts really doing that later on. She doesn't do it as much in this episode. She's very slithery. And it's like she undulates every time she says something and moves. But... They also, I mean, she's not quite as bad in this episode mm-hmm. as she can be like McMurray in yeah. other future episodes, mm-hmm. but they do kind of set the tone for her very well in this, like her kind of overt sexuality mm-hmm. and like hitting on Wayne and, oh, cutting back to 25 cigarettes and no, I'm not drinking. Okay, here, let yeah. me take a shot. But then even like, I think Derry says something about her breath is really bad <laughs> when she gets close and talks to him and you just, it's like, oh, does this girl need... Like a bat. She needs to just kind of like take care of herself there, Gail. What are you doing? But she can be very uncomfortable to watch. She she does the pouring of shots. The first pour is a little rough. I don't know why I noticed that. Because you're the bartender. You were the bartender. When people spill drinks, like stuff all over the bar top, that bothers me. Yeah. Because it's easy to not do. Yes. But the other ones were, they were okay. And I was like, well, maybe a couple drops. That's fine. But then, something I cannot stand, and it drives me crazy. That she drank out of the bottle. She drank out of the bottle. Yes, you know I that knew that she... would bother me, because it bothers me. Like, <laughs> yes. how, okay, and we have a friend who's a way big germaphobe. And I don't consider myself a germaphobe, but still, 
if you're drinking out of your own liquor bottle in your own house, you're prerogative. Do you, yeah. You are working in a bar pouring drinks for customers out of that bottle. How are you going to drink out of it? Yes, that's... We, I, noticed I feel that, you 100% on that, Megan. Well, my thought was she did that so casually. You know she does that constantly. And she, did, she does it twice while it's, we're there. Yeah. It, it's not a new thing. That's that's old habit. That's something that she And they cr- just take it. They're like, whatever yeah. Gail's been into, I'm in it too, I guess. Yeah. None of them even like do a double take about it. It doesn't cause them any halt at all. They yeah. just continue about their lives. Like it's a very normal thing. I like the double tap that they do after they take a shot. Josh has kind of started doing that too. Now, whenever we're out and we take a shot, we'll double double tap tap it. Mm -hmm. I'm too old for shots. (laughs) Let's be clear. Probably several years ago, last time we took a shot. I'm a very old 30. One thing I will ask, and this is Nate. Maybe Nate can weigh in on this too. Dan won't go to the bathroom until... Wayne's done peeing, and I'm assuming that's just bathroom etiquette on his part because he was like, "Oh man, I was about to go." It could be because, like, well, you know, girls oftentimes say, "Hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Do you want to come with me?" I guess maybe for guys it's different. Like, oh, you're going to the bathroom, so I know somebody's going to be in there, so I'll wait to go until after. Well, I Dan know you're is done. going to poop. He oh. makes that very clear. Yeah, so maybe it it, it must just be a, a politeness, like. I'll wait to do what I'm going to do until you are done. Yes. So I assumed, I guess that was just a, an etiquette thing on his part. Good on him. So Gail then shoots her shot with Wayne. God bless her heart. On push Wayne. up on him. I don't blame you, Gail. I would too. And he casually scoots gum at her, which is the best response he could have had. Because it's, it's not rude. Because Darius was kind of rude, like he just straight out tells her that she has bad breath, and he says something that's kind like, of kind of mean. Like, hey, don't, yeah, yeah. But Wayne just here, he doesn't even say anything. It's yeah. just like a casual offer of, there you go, you can just have some of that gum. And that's what makes him agree to go with Derry to the youth group immediately after that. He says, "I'll do the youth group," and, and because of like, the comparison. Of what else is out there at Letterkenny that he has to choose from. Yes. The option of a good Christian girl. Another quick note I made was Gail says, smells like someone's in their barn clothes. And I like Derry, but the way they make him out to be unhygienic in this series makes me like him less. It bothers me. They make him seem as though he doesn't brush his teeth and he never changes clothes. Yeah, I was gonna say, because there's an episode, and it's seasons ahead of where we're at right now, but they talk about Darius' breath, and it's like, brush your teeth. Yeah. Take a shower. It says nobody really flosses. Yeah. <laughs> Darius, really excuse me, Darius? But that, yeah, it does kind of set, like, um... That might just be, like, a personal thing, because you... It's just, like, just... Just take care of that. Yeah, it's it's not a really hard, just some some general hygiene, some common sense hygiene. But the way he acts about it is a lot like he just has never done it. It's yeah. never been part of his routine yeah. or his life or his day-to-day thing that he does. It's just normal that, you know, yeah, change out of your barn clothes, Derry. And we see him out of his barn clothes in this episode, but I find it very difficult to think of another time... He's usually in those coveralls, we, yes. isn't he? 
which is so frustrating because they constantly say, Derry, you don't need to be in your barn clothes. What are you doing? And I look for it now. It just drives me crazy. Why are you constantly in them? Yeah, because even even Wayne, he, you know, he puts on a clean shirt when they're going out. Even if they're just going to Modine's, there's a certain amount of upkeep yeah. that he does, even though he's not by any means high maintenance. But, you know, I'm going out, so I'm going to have a, a clean shirt on. It's yes. just what you do. Yes. He's, you know, it's his matter of fact way. But, you know, Derry is more like, what does it matter? We're just going to Modine's. Yeah. I'll just wear the clothes I've been wearing all day. Oh, it, it's so bothersome. Derry again invites Wayne to the youth group. Rather than endure more of Gail's flirting, he accepts. And before we get to the actual youth group scene, there's one scene of just the skids dancing. It's nothing but, it's just a quick, and I think that's the introduction of them. Here are the skids. They are hardcore dancing. And if you've ever, everybody's seen it now, but that video of the gothic people dancing under the bridge when they're all just super into it and you know that they just think that they are just the most hardcore metal people ever. That's exactly the vibe that these guys are giving off. Like, we are just the baddest, coolest people and everybody else just doesn't even understand us. And it completely captures that whole emo skid persona it's perfect. so well it's perfect they're dancing to the song save me by keys and crates actually we see their songs in a lot of other episodes this season but this is the perfect introduction to to these characters i will say immediately though for stewart and i didn't know stewart was stewart yet but i hate that wig they have oh, on him it's terrible it's so bad and gross and i hate it and he is supposed to look pretty skeezy. Yes. You know, they live in the basement and they, like Derry, just don't shower very often. Like, they're supposed yeah. to look greasy, but that is a terrible wig. It's so it's, bad. It's but I think so it's supposed to be. They lean in. And Tyler Johnson, which I believe is the name of the actor that plays him, is very attractive. Like, he, I don't know if you've seen him. I've Instagram stalked him a little bit. <laughs> and he's, he's very he's cute. He's a good looking guy. And I, every time i see i got really excited when they do a thing later with him where he, he has short, short hair, hair. Like, yes yes for like he looks one like, episode oh, isn't it like the very last I, episode it's of the very season? short because yeah. i was like look how nice he looks with yeah. that short hair i think that's the episode he gets buff in too so i yeah. don't know but like he looks pretty good for a yeah. little while but then the long hair comes back and it's so, such bad. a disappointment especially i thought which I guess they don't really go into depth when he kind of dates Katie, but I thought when he would be with Katie that she would spruce him up a he little bit. try a little harder, which yeah. I guess he... Because in this intro, when you first see them, they are pretty hardcore methed out. And they look... They, I mean, yeah. they look sweaty and pale and just... And they're screaming and talking really fast. Yes, they're very hyped up. Meth's not a joke, but they... Stay you, off drugs, kids. Yes, because... It's, yeah, they look pretty rough when you first see them. Yeah. And so I think when he's with Katie a little bit later on, he he does seem to be off of the meth. Yes. He wears a little scarf, but overall, he's still kind of greasy looking. Yeah. Kind of still, I don't even want to say squirrely because they call Dan squirrely. Kind of just dirty looking. Yeah. Kind of greasy. Yeah. It's a little off-fitting. And I find it very appropriate that the first look at these skids, no one says anything. You have no context. They're just hardcore dancing. And I wonder if these characters had to come in, like, especially Devin, Rald, and Stuart had to come in 
with the dance ready to audition for these parts. I would like to think of that in my mind. Well, if you notice, and this was something I noticed, just the little bit of leftover emo in me. Like, Roll and Devin, they are not bad dancers. Like, they do different moves yeah. and they do different things. Stuart kind of has the same, the same. few mu- moves yes. that he does over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, do something else. Stop doing that. Like, you did it once. Okay. Now do something else. <laughs> and my last question about the scene is, why in front of the Christian youth group meeting place? It is That's nonsensical. Maybe because it's the Christian yes. youth center maybe place. Maybe it is in protest in their way. Because normally we see them later in front of the dollar store. They do the dollar store. store. They, do they do the ag center too? I feel like they kind of just... Maybe it's wherever there's a crowd gathered. Maybe. They'll just go to wherever... They know that a crowd of people yes. will be, they so they can annoy them. Going to or impress, they think they're or going impress, to impress them, them, yeah, to let themselves be known. Whether you want them there or not, they're here. Yes, and they let themselves be known. Okay, so we're on to the next scene, the youth group scene. Margaret and Wayne meet for the first time. Uh, this is Derry's sweetie, and she warns Wayne about the fires of hell. And tells Wayne that Tinder is based on Grinder, and tells him what a dick dinger is. That's which it's I, something I had never heard of. I don't know if it's a real thing. I don't either. But I feel like that's something that super devout conservative person would try to throw in somebody else's yes. face. Like, oh, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know how bad it is? And Imagine is, hell for all eternity. Like, this is just, it's flashbacks for me. Yes. This scene, they skip over it. I don't know why they skip over it in the review, but the fires of hell, the fi- finger suck trick. Sh- I, I don't know how you could skip over that. And also, that part, well, one, it drives me crazy because I just, I don't care for her, yes. I guess. I don't know. And it bugs me that she does that. Yes. But two, if she's supposed to be Daryl Sweetie and she's standing there sucking on his best friend's finger right yeah. in front of him, I don't know. That always... It always really irritated me. He was like, uh, okay. And Derry's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's how they get you. Yeah, just all happy-go-lucky. Oh, poor Derry. Glenn takes the stage. And is this the first time we see Glenn? This is the first time we see Glenn. Quick question for all y'all. How good is Josh? I know! I know! I love him! He's the best! There's almost no one I like more! Second question. Has anyone seen... Where is my beautiful girlfriend, Virginia? Jenny, where are you? There she is. Jenny, come on up here. Come on, Jenny. Come on. Oh, ugh, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Mm. I still remember, like it was yesterday, the day that the Lord gave you to me. And he said, Glenn, this is your blank canvas. It is pale. It is colorless. It is almost cardboard-like. I want you to give it life, to give it color. And I said to the Lord, I will give it everything, everything, except for one thing. Vaginal intercourse. And then he screams, "Vaginal intercourse!" And I think I, I would have to go back, but do the rest of the kids scream yeah, it too? Yeah, like they all say it in unison. It's like a concert where you mm-hmm. sing the lines along with the musicians. Yeah, it's like something they've rehearsed all together. They're like, "Oh, this is the speech. This is the vaginal intercourse." <laughs> the speech. vaginal intercourse. And then the crowd cheers and Glenn introduces the Salty Treats. And this is just my absolute favorite name for a band. And if someone's not got on that, please do. Send me your demo tape. And just everything about him, every single thing about him, you know, right off the bat. You know, the viewers know. And the church seems oblivious. Like they have not the, like 
Salty Treats? Oh, that's just the name of the band. Playing the ditch? That's just what this guy does. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's leaning in hard. If you know, you know. And everybody knows. And everybody knows. Well, okay, I was thinking this youth group implies, to me anyway... Like teenagers? Middle to high school yeah. age. Yeah, I wouldn't think of a youth group as young adults. It yeah. would be more, yeah, like middle schoolers. There young. are groups like that, but I would never think they would call themselves a youth group. A youth group. So, first of all, how old is Margaret? Why is she there? Is she a helper? I'm just See, so- even if she's only like 17... That wouldn't surprise me with Derry, not because I think he's like pervy like that, but just because he's kind of almost like innocent, like you said, yeah, like like, he, like a little yeah. simple, a little bit young for yeah. his young for his age, yeah. even. Not saying that that's okay. No, no, not not endorsing that. But it just brought up questions, and then if the plain fact of Derry didn't realize that besides Margaret, there are no other girls Wayne's age there, says something about his capacity to. Just notice what things. Because Wayne says, you're well, the 13-year-old, something you, you better like get that. yourself together, you're going to miss out on all the girls. And Wayne says, what, the 12-year-olds or the 13-year-olds? Because it's children that are there. Yes. And guys. Like, yes, lots of guys that are all checking their phone when Wayne goes to look at his Tinder or whatever yes. it is. And then he looks around and all the guys are just swiping through their phones. Yes. That's all they're doing. They're not having conversation. They're not talking to anybody there. They're just swiping through their phones. On the fandom, it says all the all the guys... And I don't know if this is just the fandom making up whatever, but it says they're on Grindr. That's what I assumed. Yes. Like, that's kind of, it doesn't but, ever say that, but for some reason, that's what I always thought. A little other note on this. I want to know how old Glenn is, because Jenny also looks very young, and that might just be... Like, she, she just naturally looks younger. And she has that kind of Amishy look to her, too. Yes, because like, they've got her dressed mm-hmm. up and all that stuff. That was just my immediate thought. Is is Glenn supposed to be... Because I always think of him as around, like, 35, at least. That just seems to be what his age is. Like, he would be the youth leader, youth pastor. Yes. Not a youth. Well, like, if he kind of seemed to me to be playing the role of a youth pastor, which yes. normally is the younger version of... You know, the pastor. So maybe in in the 20s in everyday normal life. But I didn't see him as that. I saw him in his, like, more in his 30s. So when I saw Jenny, I was a little confused. Is he dating? Is he dating one of his youth? Yeah, one of his youth, which would be terrible. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Even without the vaginal intercourse. What an abuse of power, Glenn. Especially with the comment that God gave you to me. Like, it's a very possessive, ownership-y type of way to look at it yes and wayne after glenn does his whole thing says what the actual is this (laughs) and dairy i feel that line so hard because when you watch that that whole little scene and everything that from the finger sucking to the band playing to the speech that glenn gave afterwards because that was my thought like what the is this (laughs) and then wayne says it yes and it's like yes what is because it's just it's the most outlandish same crazy like where have we gone what is this place that actually exists like this and wayne's just got a lot of information he thinks that his tinder is actually possibly grinder and he needs to research this and this entire gathering is very strange and weird and he's in here with a bunch of kids basically Mm -hmm. he feels very out of place he is upset with dairy 
and decides to go have a smoke and contemplate everything he's seen. Which, and when he leaves, that's the part I was thinking of. Is Darius holding two cups He's of punch and like and dancing, dancing so and it's so awkward and it's like yes he is so awkward but that scene is an, is another perfect depiction of Darius in my mind yes he's so sweet and so kind of innocent about it and you know it's just one of those things that he's literally like dancing like nobody's watching and doesn't care but and looks ridiculous but it doesn't really bother him because he. Maybe doesn't realize that he looks ridiculous. Yes. Or maybe doesn't... He's just being himself. Yeah, he's just being himself, completely and genuinely himself. Just got his little punch cups and just dancing to the salty treats. You're in for a treat. <laughs> the salty kind. So Wayne goes outside to smoke and he looks up Grinder on his phone to figure out what's going on. Is if he actually, actually what he's doing, was, participating which, in. There's a there's a note at the end of this page that says something about that's that's a commonly referred to myth but it's actually completely separate i don't know i've i've never used either so i can't say for sure but i think i would be bad at online dating oh god i had that thought the other day like i'm so glad that we got in under. i got it yes just under under the wire yeah another couple of years and i probably would have to uh cross that bridge but it was an organic meeting but yeah the thought of having to use tinder yeah. Is just, I'd probably just be single. It's not worth it. <laughs> well, you saw me trying to get the podcast tech up. Just trying to get this going took way too long. But anyway, <laughs> Wayne runs into the skids and they catch him looking up Grinder and they start mocking him for looking it up while also constantly reassuring Rald, who is gay, that they support him and love him. But this is about Wayne right now and they hate Wayne. Yeah, so they're going to make fun of Wayne for this, but. We support you. We love you. We've got your back. My and then he joins in. Yes. He's like, I feel very weird right now. We support you. We know this is about Wayne. Which, even still, they must have been on something for any of them to think that they could take something from Wayne or picket him in any way. Because with him not fighting, he's jacked. I mean, he's significantly bigger than any of them. Yes. All of them put he together. Break them. So... I, I wrote down, why why would they do, they, again. They, they were methed out. Yes. <laughs> they were dancing. They were in the groove. They were untouchable. <laughs> they were really hitting those dance moves pretty hard. They got that cardboard box out there. But yeah, the, it's the same as with the hockey players, though. Like, I feel like there would not have been near that much antagonizing of yeah. Wayne. If they Had thought. they thought they would actually get an ass beating. Little, yeah, little did they know. It was just, I know that you're not going to do anything, so I'm going to just annoy you as much as I can. Because if the possibility of Wayne actually beating them up, they felt like had been there, there's no way. Yeah. They even messed out. I don't think that they would have picked at him like that. In this scene, the skids, again, are tripping pretty hard. And we see Devin, Stewart, and Rold, and they are talking about what they've been doing. I had to put on the subtitles to read what they said because it's so Because they start so talking fast. about video games and stuff. Yeah. First, they were talking about dancing. Then they moved to video games. They might have been talking about... They say something about Disney games at some point and Sega. Yes. And you do... You have to watch the whole show with subtitles. The phrases that they say and the speed with which they speak. Yeah. If you don't have the subtitles, you're going to miss something. I think this is the fastest they ever talk, honestly, because... 
later on, even in this season, Stuart and Devin do a very similar adaptation of this, but I don't think that they go this fast. They are pretty hyped up in this yeah. scene. Like, I, feel, I feel like it, it gets rolled back quite a bit. It's never so fast that I almost just can't even... Keep I had up. to watch it several times before I could keep up. Yeah, that doesn't fly. And Wayne gets his phone back pretty quickly and shuts that down. But again, he just he's he keeps his cool so well. When I watch shows, I put my I try to put myself in the position of the person that I'm watching, mm-hmm. like how I would react to it if I was them, because it's just how I watch shows. And I think like, God, I wish I could stay as calm as Wayne in any of these given situations. Mm-hmm. Because he does. He does such a good job of kind of ignoring them, like not playing into yeah. them, not letting them get him upset. Yeah. You can tell he's irritated, but he really keeps his cool. Good for I you, I think Wayne. it shows that he is very irritated with them specifically because it's them. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciated that they showed Wayne in a light that he's not getting mad necessarily that they're accusing him of being gay because that's not anything. That's, that's something that wouldn't that's not offensive. Either, yeah. And I love that they play him that way because... Some it could be construed. Hicks in my town would take that as offensive. And it's not. And he knows that. He's more just, I'm irritated with you because you're a crappy person and treating me bad in this moment. And I really want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're you. Yeah, for as old fashioned as he can be, he is a very progressive, progressive thinker. Yeah, yeah. it's just, he's, I really like the character of Wayne. And again, country boys never really do it for me, but I really like Wayne. Yes. I mean, he's played so funny in an intellectual way and again, very progressive, which I find attractive too. So kudos to Good job, Wayne. Jared Kiso. Yes. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing and we will keep watching you do what you do. But after that, he goes back inside and sees the ripping didge scene is what I wrote. The ripping didge. So Glenn is playing a didgeridoo. I went down a little tiny research hole. I was like, what's a didgeridoo? And... It's an it Australian instrument. Yes, Australian uh, wind instrument, which is played by vibrating your lips and producing a, quote, drone-like sound. And it's just, it has the funniest name. Good on you, Australia, for naming this instrument a didgeridoo, because you can't say it or hear it without smiling. Yes! I mean, even ignoring the fact that it looks like a large phallic shaped item anyway that Glenn has his mouth on vibrating his lips against. Yeah. Just the name of the actual instrument makes me smile too. Yes. So good on you Australia. <laughs> I wondered if Jacob was actually playing that in the I would scene. love if he actually has that talent in real life. Jacob like, Tierney. Yes. Let us know. Like if that's just something like oh what could we have Glenn play and he says hey I know how to play the didgeridoo. By the way on the side play didgeridoo all the time. I would love that. That Yes, that is something that would be one of those, I don't even want to say hidden talents, but just like something that you might not know about him, yeah. but he actually does and does well. Rips the ditch. <laughs> Rips the ditch. And he sees, after he does his big ditch solo, he sees Wayne and he says, hmm, Wayne, didn't think you were a big fan of the ditch. And the way he twirls it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wayne just walks away and says, hmm, looks like a didgery don't. I love it. And that, I mean... When he says a big fan of the Didge, that was one of the... Because I didn't sit down and watch this episode the way I probably should have the first time I watched it. My husband watched it first, and he got up to episode three, and then tried to start me on episode three, and Mm -hmm. that was one of my least favorite ones. And then he was like, well, let's go back and watch the first two. Yeah. 
and when he says didn't think you were a big fan of the didge and like spins it around i had been kind of like doing laundry or loading the dishwasher or something like that while we were watching it yeah and that stopped me where i was at i don't remember i was like what did he just say i'm just laughing hysterically he delivers everything he does so well he can't be in a scene that he doesn't just completely steal. He is just so funny. He really everything is that he stealer. does and says and his mannerisms and everything are just hysterical. So since we podcasted last, I watched a few interviews and behind the scenes things, and they say that Glenn's scenes and Gail's scenes are both really difficult for actors to get through without just cracking up. Yeah, apparently, I apologize. I'll look this up at some point and, and put it in. I think it might be in the second episode we do i mentioned her name but the actress that plays gail is apparently very proper and in no way gail like anyway the way that gail does that's so funny and and she never breaks like she can that would be so hard because when you're watching and you're feeling that physical uncomfortable to be an actor in that situation and watching her do all of those things that Mm -hmm. she does i don't know how you couldn't stop and laugh like Good for her for staying in character because I would be so self-conscious trying to do any of that <laughs> yeah. that I would just be laughing at myself because I would be so uncomfortable. Yes. Good for you, Gaylor. They say she's very, yeah, good for you, Gaylor. She's <laughs> very professional and like almost a complete opposite of her character in that she's so very proper. And apparently Jared is one that's really bad about breaking. He thinks he's getting through the scene. But his face is getting really red, and he has the tiniest little smile. Well, he's gingery, isn't he? Like, he's kind of a a ginger, so... Yeah, I think he's got a red beard. Yeah, like, not as much as the ginger in the show, but he's, you know, kind of fair-skinned and kind of red-headed, so when they start, like, their their complexion gives them away. They flush very easily, and you can see it. Jacob said that he will go through a scene, and... Jared will say, you know, we get... Are we good? We can move on. And Jacob's like, no, you look terrible you're like flushed red and you can tell you're almost not breathing i want to see these behind like i wish they had bloopers of them trying to get through scenes yes and there's a there there are a few i don't have to go look those up they're almost as funny as the episodes i will say i completely believe that i completely believe it the season eight bloopers specifically you should give them a watch they're hilarious nice i'll have to do that the okay so they decide to go on to modine's which i made a note that you know, Margaret and Derry kind of talked about it, too. She's wanted to go get a milkshake. I can't imagine Modine's has milkshakes, but no, I guess. It doesn't seem like a place that, one, serves much food, or two, serves anything other than, yeah, like... It looks like... A, shots and beer. A straight... Um, yeah, it's a bar bar. bar. Or yes. bar food. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not a milkshake kind of... But also, okay, you're a good Christian girl, you're going to a youth group, you're going out after the youth group with this guy that you're, you know, not physically doing anything with other than sucking fingers. Who goes to a bar after a youth group meeting that's that conservative? Yeah. You know? But it was supposedly to get a milkshake. And that was my... Is is she just making this up in a pretense to go get a drink? Or are they kind of tricking her into going to Modine's? Either could be true. Or is she just that... I mean, and again, I oblivious. super concerned. The place I went to high school, like if you were on a sports team, mm-hmm. which I, I was a cheerleader, mm-hmm. which is strange to a lot of people who know me later now in my life, but there were so many rules 
because you had to kind of like uphold a higher standard, like you couldn't go to the movie theaters because even if you were there to see a G-rated movie, other people could see you there and they might not know that. So just the thought of (laughs) her even being at a bar, being seen at a bar, going to a bar is just baffling (laughs) to me. Well, but then again, later on, Glenn. He works there. Works there. So when we get to Modine's, Wayne walks in and we notice that all the groups are there. All the, the skids and the hockey and the players. Hockey players and... and they immediately start giving him a hard time. The skids continue to mock Wayne about Grinder. No love is lost between them and the hockey players, but they join in as well, is what this says. And Riley says, <laughs> I love I hate you too. <laughs> However, I hate him more. And just found out he's ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. It's like the uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Like, I don't like you, but we're both going to just dog on Wayne right now so we can join forces yes. in doing this. And I a little bit love this line. I hate you, but can't confirm to your season's over. He's hot and bare now. And the way he says it is so funny, too, because it's a little bit country like a person who's making fun of a country accent. Yes. and it's great. Tyler Johnson delivers that line perfectly. He does. I love when he calls him Boulevard of Broken Dreams too. Yes! That part killed me. <laughs> it's just such a small thing and it happens really quick like so much in this show. It's just one of those don't pay attention for a second and mm-hmm. you'll miss it because the dialogue can go so fast but he calls him Boulevard of Broken Dreams and it's just I hysterical. could listen to this back and forth forever. Honestly if they had kept going with it. But then this is when Angie's boyfriend shows up, which I, again, still find random. Apparently, they said something about Angie will be there later. Yeah, he, he says something about, it, and it's a little bit later when he's outside with Wayne, but he says when Angie gets here. And in another episode, you see her name on like a cleaning list for yeah, somebody. Who, yes. So she works there, but again, she never seems to be there when the scene is happening yes. there. I wonder if that's... On purpose? We're trying to, yeah, I'm trying to decide if that's on purpose to keep her... Just a, an idea mm-hmm. rather than an actual character that we meet. I'm probably not. I like, I, no, I like that thought. I'm going to go with that. I think you're correct because, again, then you can just imagine her just this perfect being in your mind. Reality always takes away from the idea of something. Yeah. And so, you know, they don't want to ruin her with the reality of an actual human being. I wrote down, what is dude wearing? All kinds of stuff. He has on cuffed ankle jeans, a fedora, and like seven scarves. So many scarves. So many scarves. I love a scarf. I love a good scarf. I, but a good scarf. I'm I'm not a super big accessory person. I like them. I don't usually wear them very often. Yeah. But the hat with the scarf, so much scarf, so high up, yeah. kind of implies that maybe it's a little bit cold. But then like you said, his pants are rolled up. Three inches above his ankle, and he's yeah. not wearing. I don't know. It's just and one of those. And and Jonesy are there in flip flops and tank but, tops and their shorts. But always. That's pretty. That's pretty much their uniform. Is flip-flop. Katie's got her her tank top and shorty that's shorts. So that's true. It can't be super cold yet. I yeah. don't know. He's just making a statement. Yes, this is a. Is... It's a fashion statement. Not a great fashion statement, but a statement for yeah. sure. This is a. I'm. I'm a very city boy. Yes, it's completely to differentiate himself i'm not one of you i'm not from here i'm better than you yes it's like a peacocking kind of thing i'm opposite of wayne Mm -hmm. yes but hey look at me the clothes might not be a cohesive outfit but they're fancier than what you have on air of superiority type thing yes so as soon as he shows up 
Wayne goes outside. He decides he's going to go outside. Where Katie, I guess, drives up. I, when I first watched it, I couldn't figure out why Katie was outside. But I wonder, too. But she has, like, that bottle is so close to being empty. I wonder if she just, like, came to the bar and then sat outside and decided to drink outside rather than going in. Yeah, something like that. Maybe she just wanted some alone time. Maybe. Both of her boyfriends are inside, which... And Stuart. And, and Stuart. Who, you know, was kind of in love with her, too. But. Yeah. But this says that Katie drives up. I don't see any evidence of her driving up. I just see her outside. She's Maybe she outside. did just drive up. But then again, she's hitting notice. that bottle yeah, already. She... So, I don't know. But they talk. She reminds him of how he defended himself and his friends when he was younger. And says that she misses the old Wayne. When he used to fight. When he, yeah. Used to be the toughest guy in Letterkenny. And with... You know, us mathematicians. Amber came up with the thought that he must have been like 16 when he was fighting. Something like that. I mean, he, you know, saying the toughest guy in Letterkenny, but he had to have been a teenager if he's not been fighting for five years. Yeah. He couldn't have been that old when he stopped. So he was one of those... Big buff teenagers, not the skinny teenager. Yeah. He he must have been beating up seniors and everything. Grown up men? Who knows? I mean... I, I wrote, there's a dumpster fire in the background. Did you notice that? I t- <laughs> it is probably just like... So random. Well, and also, and this is something that just bothered me, was the amount of trash that was just... So much trash. Just like piled up. It, it's not in a dumpster. The, most of it's in bags, but it's just so... I just, I wanted to go and just <laughs> scoop it all up and grow And you know it's like, probably for the aesthetic of what happens yes. in a second. But that's too much. And I know that we both used to work in restaurants and that is... Oh, no. You could never get away with absolutely that. Absolutely yeah. disgusting. <laughs> so, Wayne... Okay, yeah. Wayne goes outside and he's talking to Katie. While they're talking, Angie's new boyfriend comes outside and sees Alexander, which again, Alexander with the full-on drop of the pants when which he's going to pee. Alexander is, and I we talk about this in the second episode, uh-huh. when Joint Boy comes up and he says... His slow learning cousin. So. Oh, I didn't know he said that yeah, specifically. Yeah, he says my sl- that slow learning guy is my second cousin. Oh. And so that's when you don't. They don't mention it yeah. in this episode. You just think maybe he's like one of those guys that just drops. You know, who's yeah. just awkward in the bathroom. Yeah. But he's maybe a little bit yeah. slower. And Wayne does not treat him differently. No. In any way. In fact, he he kind of like riles with him a little bit. Like keep your eyes on your own work, there, buddy. And I think that's part of the reason why it leads to Wayne feeling the need to kind of defend him against this outsider. Because, you know, it's like, yeah, he might seem a little off to you, but yeah. he's ours yeah. kind of thing. Yes. Like, we can it's think like, that he's a little off, but you're not allowed yes. to do anything to him. You don't say that. Yeah. That's only if there's love in your heart for this person can you go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And even, I think... Maybe love is a bit of a stretch, but with the hockey players and the skids, there is something there that Wayne is a little akin with. Kind of like you take care of your own, even if you don't like your own. Yeah. We're all from Letterkenny kind of thing. But, I mean, even the skids and the hockey players and even McMurray, who you see can be kind of annoyed with him. Nobody's ever outright mean to him or aggressive towards Alexander or does what this this guy comes and does like just completely picking on him and i don't know that we ever learned his name but this guy comes out he videos alexander peeing and then kicks him into his own pee which is so i hate that like it makes me so upset it makes me cringy and it's upsetting because i know that there's people in this world that would do that kind of stuff 
It's so It is. It's upsetting. upsetting. Yeah. Wayne sees this going on and he comes over. And to be fair. 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 He smacks him across the head, knocks his hat off. Knocks his hat off, yeah. And it's not even a punch, like he points out. He he could have laid this guy out. This idiot turns around and starts spouting. I mean mouthing off what they call it, chirping, beaking, whatever it is. He is just he deserved a beat down. Yes. I wrote down this guy's an idiot because it's not that he necessarily looks like he's out of shape, but he's nothing compared. Oh, Again, no. it's <laughs> like Stuart picking on Wayne, but this guy, I guess, kind of knows that Wayne's not fighting. Well, anymore. he he knows that he's not fighting because he says something like, oh yeah, that's right. You, She, she trained you to not fight or something yeah. like that. It's a very demeaning kind yeah. of way that he says it. And he starts saying insulting things about Angie, but it's not until he says something about, about Katie. Katie. Mm-hmm. That Wayne finally uh, finally breaks down because you do not talk about Katie. That's the whole breaking point, I guess, that Wayne has because throughout the episode, it's been a lot of crap directed towards him. Yeah. And he can take crap yeah. directed towards him. But then when you start messing with his sister, yeah. with people from his town, that's when he starts to fill that protector role yeah. almost. And he does the badass headbutt. Yeah. And and rips his shirt again. I like. I love. <laughs> I didn't really notice that until you mentioned it. And he does. His he, lats rip his shirt every time he fights. I'm here for it. But first he does the chug. He does. Yes. And then bottle throw, which I thought was badass. It's like yes. I'm not a huge fighting fan, but they use fighting in this series well. Yes. I think it. It is. It's all. It's. It's part of. Especially once he starts fighting again, like a part of his lifestyle. Yeah. And not because he's an overtly violent person. Yeah. It's just kind of part of his lifestyle. That's it. I don't like violence for violence's sake. And this is used in a different way. And in an interview, Jared Kiso said, this is very reminiscent of how I grew up on a day-to-day basis you could get beat up and you needed to just be on your toes about it. You needed to be able to, to fight back if you had to. And again, this one's in slow-mo. And great music. I wrote down Everyone Looks Like Everyone by The Pack AD. The music is used very well. They had, they do a good job of, of soundtrack throughout to add to the scenes very well. I think the shirt rip happens close to the end when he's basically throwing him down and, and done with him. And that's when everybody side else doors comes open. out to observe. And... and it's so strange. I don't know why. I mean... I, it's for plot reasons. Plot reasons is always a great reason. Because there's no other reason that the skids and the hockey players and the hicks are all coming outside at the same time unless... Because their scuffle didn't really make too much noise. Yeah. I wouldn't think. But unless Alexander... Did he go back inside and say something? He may have. Or Katie may have texted him because she was texting with Jonesy before. That's tr- yeah, That's so. true. Jonesy. You're a bro gay. LOL. LOL. <laughs> But as soon as the hockey players and the skids see that, and even even the the Hicks, they're like, Alberta. Yeah, there's a complete change in their faces, their demeanor, the way that they're standing. Like, you can see, like, ooh, we've all just recently pissed this guy off. We should probably be nicer yeah. right now, like, and watch Wayne's what we back. say. Yeah, Wayne is back. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the scene, he does a little, like, jerk move at them. Kind yeah, of. almost like a step off kind of. That's probably very outdated lingo. I'm <laughs> so old. But yeah, like a 
I will come at you, watch yourself, kind of. Mm. Yeah, and he, he said he walks away, very badass. Says, "Welcome Herda. to Letter Kenny." And welcome it, to Herda. I just wrote Wayne is back Wait. in exclamation points because because that's almost like I almost have goosebumps like thinking about that because it is it's such a like a hype scene like yeah. oh and then that's how the first that's how the your pilot ends yes. and it's like. <gasps> What it leaves, yeah, it leaves you wanting to watch that next episode and find out what happens and like, ooh, where does this go from here? Because yeah. that was a very like badass way to end the episode. Yes, well, there's also there's like a what I like to call cold close. Cold close. Oh, <laughs> we I'll can go with that, it. sure. Right. And that's where the the hockey players. It's it's another scene, almost reminiscent of the very first scene where they're pulling back up to get Katie. Very scared. Oh, they're very timid. And very yes. timid. And. They're like, hey, Wayne, hey, buddy. And Completely like, brown-nosing at that point. Like, hey, hey. And I think Jonesy yells, have a good day, bro. <laughs> so like, I'm so, so adorable. I'm, I know, I love it. He's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. Please do not beat me up. <laughs> we can be cool. We can be cool. It ends on Wayne's little tiny, like a little tiny smile. There's the outro song. It's called Wolfpack by Pigeonhole. When that hit and it just cut from Wayne's little tiny smile, I was like, yes. He's I'm so me. stoic. Yes. All he, the time. He's never out of his way to show his joy. Mm-hmm. Even when he's, like later on when he's with Rosie and his sweeties, yeah. the, like, the other ones that he has, he's never like. He's always very thoroughbred and his shoulders are hunched a certain way. Yes. And so when he does have moments that he smiles it's even more touching and cute and like you can tell that it's really like yay what i he's love, back and he's happy that he's back i love when we see wayne smile because the little lines in his face i think that jared kiso is a very smiley person so you can see a and smile you can see that come through and you just think oh i just wish wayne would smile so much more because you can tell Jared seems to be a very happy person and you just see that reflected in Wayne's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like he almost like he lost a bit of himself when he was dating Angie and he's just kind of starting to come back to it. Almost yes. like a an empowerment moment like he's rediscovering who he is again now and that he's now that he's fighting again. And he's just like the tiniest little bit yeah. proud of himself. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. I I still got it. Yes. I'm still the toughest guy in Letterkenny kind of thing. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back, baby. That's it. That's the that's the whole episode. What did you think about it overall? I think it is a great pilot. Like you were saying about Glee being like a great pilot. Yeah. I think it is a great introduction to the characters. Mm. I think it's it ended well to where you want to continue watching the show. Mm-hmm. All encompassing because really not too many people are even left out. They do introduce a few characters later yeah. on, but the core base people, are, yeah. they're all covered. They're all... It's a very good pilot, in my opinion. What was your favorite part about it? Or maybe favorite scene, I guess. The I wish you weren't so awkward <laughs> is probably one of my favorite lines. But really, when he's walking away after the fight is probably my favorite actual part because it just... It is. It's, it's like you've been waiting on this yes. this whole time. And it's like you finally get it. Get what yes. you've been anticipating this and whole I, And I love that because he just... He looks big and he looks strong and he looks proud of himself and he looks like he could beat somebody's ass because, you know, all up to this, the the not fighting and the, okay, I'll try the youth group mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff seems to be happening around him and to him. But this seems like, all right, he's, he's like taking control of his life again. It's just, it's very badass to me. Okay. And what's your least favorite scene or part of this episode? When the guy kicks Alexander into the trash, like the, something about 
into trash and then also on top of pee is really off-putting to me but also maybe he didn't well he didn't do anything to this guy he didn't know this guy no yeah and it's like violent yeah i'm not a fan of bullying yes i don't like it when people are mean to other people for absolutely no reason like this guy didn't know him he had no reason to be mean to him and he was just it was one of those things, like he was yeah. being mean for the sake of being mean, and I don't like that. And, and he thinks that's something funny. It's and funny, that's... yeah, he's videotaping it, yeah. and, and you know he's videotaping it so he can post it and get a bunch of like oh, laughs yeah. and likes and stuff like that from all these other people yeah. who are mean for no reason. Yeah. But probably that's my, my least favorite part. And the finger suck. I don't know why, but that <laughs> bothers me so much. Yeah. I don't like that part. <laughs> I think my favorite part was this look on Wayne's face when he gets to the youth group and he realizes he like, was stupid for trusting Derry. <laughs> this was a mistake. And there is not a single girl there that is within his age range. And he realizes Derry probably does, didn't even and realize that that was the case. Again, just Derry being Derry just yeah. didn't even, because he's talking to Wayne like, oh, come find a good Christian girl. Yeah. Oblivious to the fact that there's no girls there. Yes. He realizes Derry probably doesn't even register that this isn't right. <laughs> and he's, he's more so disappointed sweet. in himself for thinking that <laughs> for maybe letting that happen. Maybe it was an okay place to go. Maybe he'll, you know, there'll be something worth going for. No, nothing. And what was your least favorite? My least favorite was Gail taking a swig out, out of, of that that's, bottle. That's pretty bad. And then probably several times a day. Oh yeah. And Every, everyone else knows it. And it's, it's like just, everybody is kissing Gail. And they talk, and and it's not gross inherently. I don't know. I I don't even share drinks with a lot of good friends of mine. Yeah, well, and this is obviously a pre-COVID episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty gross. That's, which again, bars that I've been to and worked at, I have never witnessed that in real life. However, it does make you kind of start to question, where's, what's been the shot that was poured for me at this bar? Were there any crazy bartender's mouths on that bottle previously. Does Gail own Modine's? I feel like she does. I think she does too. Because Glenn refers to her as his employer at some point. I think she does. Which is also kind of crazy to me because it it's a lot of work to own and operate a business. She seems it, very sh- casual. About yeah, that. she seems like she seems more like the bad bartender, not bad bartender as far as like she can't make drinks or pour drinks or whatever, but like the one who drinks from the bottle mm-hmm. or the one who is always on smoke breaks or the one who is trying to hit on customers over the bar. That kind of bartender, like somebody that the owner might tolerate having on staff because she's local and she's, you know, used to being there. Mm-hmm. But if she's the owner, that just is is a bit off-putting. Yeah. It's, well, it's like, how? How are you doing this? Because it doesn't seem like you should be able to, well, like one, know how to successfully run a business. Yeah. All of the things that are extra besides just pouring the shots that go into owning a bar. Seems like it would be far-fetched that Gail would be able to do that. But maybe, I mean, because they talk about her having different things that she does too, like a bed and breakfast or the dog breeding place or something I like think- that. That might just strictly be rosy, and maybe she helps with it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think she is the owner. I wondered about health code well, scores I, yeah. in Canada, if any of our listeners have insight to that. Or if she just doesn't care. Oh, hey, we got a 67 on our health report, but everybody in Letterkenny is going to go. Yeah, going to still come to Modians because but that's you where you go. But don't you get shut down after a certain... And I don't, I don't know. Again, I, yeah. 
You would think. You would think. Maybe uh-huh. she just pops up as Modine's too. Yeah. As Modine's say. <laughs> oh yeah, the first one burnt down, and so now this new one. We're <laughs> gonna start with a clean slate. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of season one, episode one. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or further insights regarding this episode or future episodes, feel free to email us at casualjosh0 at gmail.com. That's casualjosh, the number zero, at gmail.com. And remember to put Not My Forte in the subject line.